This episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is sponsored by Nick B, Mazakazu T, Mike H, and the OT Gourmet Geek. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. And welcome back for the 106th episode of Final Girls Horror Cast. This is a continuation of our previous episode, uh, 105. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. We are continuing our Haunting of Hill House discussion, starting with episode six. So that first episode is is one through five, and we're going to start with six now and, and finish up our discussion there. We're not going to do another trailer trash talk. That's unnecessary. So. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is still awesome. (laughs) Consider this a bit of a bonus episode. Um, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. uh, Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving to you all. Yes. It's almost (laughs) the holiday season is almost upon us. So crazy. It's like um, like basically acceptable to play Christmas music now. No, it is not. After Thanksgiving it is. I guess. I mean, I've already kind of heard some in the stores, I guess, but <laughs> God, I mean, Costco had Christmas trees up before before Halloween. I don't like it. Just, I don't like it. That was a little overkill. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> okay, so welcome back. Let's, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Let's just jump right in. Carly, uh, do you, what, what one are we doing? We are, are we doing, doing uh, episode six called Two Storms, also written by Jeff Howard, uh, who wrote Gerald's Game, Ouija, Oculus, and Before I Wake. Uh, did he, he do, is, uh, was it Ouija Origin of Evil? Yes, okay. yes. He's he's Mike Flanagan's right-hand man. Love it. He helps with a lot of the writing. All good things. And this was a really yeah. strong episode, so that makes sense. I mean, they all mm-hmm. are, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> this is an extra special yeah. episode. Yeah, oh man. This is everyone's favorite. It's so, so, so good. Uh, the IMDB summary is... It's a reunion for all the wrong reasons when Hugh flies in for the funeral, coming face to face with his estranged children on a dark, stormy night. This is a really good one. The Um, long shot in this episode. Which one? (laughs) The first one that I've noticed. (laughs) No, the one that like follows the father uh, that follows Hugh into the house uh, from the funeral parlor into the house just thrilled me so much yeah there's some really great long shots um there's actually um this entire episode is only five shots carly i love it i love when directors do that it like i get so excited this is by far the most complicated episode that they filmed uh this was the episode that mike flanagan originally um talk to producers about um this was this was it this is the reason the show exists uh when they created the set they they made sure that the uh mortuary was attached to the house when they were building the set so they could easily do this scene like i think this this scene was like this episode was his vision and everything else was like built around it almost it feels it that's how central this episode is and how important this episode is 
Um, it makes sense yeah, the, that it's the sixth episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, everything was accommodated for this episode. Everything was created to accommodate this episode. And if you go on Mike Flanagan's Twitter, um, he writes about, he writes like, I don't know, like 20 tweets or something about this episode. And you can go through and read them. I, I grabbed a bunch of uh, screenshots of those so we can kind of discuss it a little bit further. Um, but yeah, the first, I mean, the first shot we see when dad walks in and the 360 of that camera going around and he sees babies you know he sees his kids as babies and he swings around and then they're adults i mean that was all done in one shot there was a lot of running around (laughs) to make that work um running around and hiding uh so that you couldn't see them change places it's just so brilliant uh yeah that first shot is over 14 minutes long 14 minutes and 19 seconds our second shot of the episode is seven minutes and 25 seconds the third shot is the longest one at 17 minutes and 19 seconds um i believe that's the one with mom disappearing and reappearing in the hallways um Shot number four is a little over six minutes, and the final shot of five is five minutes and thirty one seconds. So it's really like a lot of really long shots. Um, and did the statues like move? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, "Am I yes. high? I'm not high. No. But I feel like <laughs> that was that was all over the yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that, and that goes along with a lot of the things he did. Um, it's it is it is extra prevalent in this episode. I feel like in the other episodes you don't notice it uh, if it does happen, but in this episode you really notice the statue heads are facing different directions um, when they go in and out of rooms, which just really adds to the creep factor. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a creepy one. This is a super creepy one. Um, I wouldn't say it's like scary. It's just very fucking creepy. This gave this like whole episode gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it's really really well done. Um, it, just from a production standpoint, it's it, it's amazing uh, the things they were able to do and, and unnecessary, but just adds just such a whole nother level of awesomeness. Um, really appreciated the dialogue in this episode is so strong and props to the characters in this episode especially because. There's such a extensive level of emotion and anger and sadness and um, just the block, like the blocking, is so chilling yes. too. Like when they're in, when Hugh is like standing in front of the casket and Nell, and just everybody is like behind him, along mm-hmm. with Nell as like mm-hmm. the bent like neck lady. And like the lighting in, I, I like everything about it was just like so fascinating and so beautiful. And it's definitely something that like I love to look for in stuff like mm-hmm. this. And so I feel yeah. like this episode in particular, because of the long shots, I was just super aware of everything else that was going on as well. Um, yeah. And and just the the, the talking over each other mm-hmm. and the arguing and you can't quite make out what anyone's saying some of the times. Mm-hmm. But the emotion is so high. The arguing scenes in this uh, series as a whole is so great. Um, the blame and the anger and there's just so much tension in this family. Um, and they rarely are in the same space. So yeah. they never get to discuss it. And this is when we really 
get to know Hugh. I feel like this is a lot. This is a very Hugh centric episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it's his episode, but we get. I guess maybe it is his episode. We get a lot of him. We get a lot of where he's coming from. We know he's. Do we know he's talking to his wife yet? I mean, in this episode, know. we do. We do. Okay. We actually. Yeah. Do we actually see her? We do. We, we do. actually see her. Yeah. Okay. So he is. Uh, I don't know. We might not. We might not see her till the next one. Um, but oh, you're right. He, I think he, yeah. he's talking to himself. We see that. He looks like he's talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not till the next one that we actually see her with him. Right. And, um, but it's 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 just beautiful. It's really beautiful. Really well crafted. Everything from top to bottom. Production, dialogue, everything, acting. It's everyone's k- killing it. It's, it's a good one. It's phenomenal. I think. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite episode, just based alone on just everything that they accomplished with it. This is the one that people talk about the most. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, for good reason. Yeah. And the, this, the the storm that's happening is so, um, crazy. When they mention it, they're like, uh, we're the only house that doesn't have power. Like, yeah. I mean, they find out that later, but oh, oh, the storm at the mortuary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're the only ones that don't have power. And that's why they're brought back to this night where they're the only ones that really got this storm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, and poor mom is is starting to really lose it. We're starting to realize how creepy mom is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mom is mom is getting the grunt of, of the crazy and the scary. Um, and it's really affecting her the most. And we, we really noticed that a lot in this episode. By the way, can I just say, Carla Gugino is so beautiful in this and so striking. She's um, stunning. And her robes oh my and God. nightwear yes. are like, can I please get a catalog <laughs> with all of these items? I was like, I love vintage clothes and so whenever i find like a really good vintage dressing robe i always buy it and so i do have a couple and i'm like why don't i just walk around in those all the time well it's such a weird thing to wear (laughs) it really is (laughs) but they're so beautiful and she just rocks them she rocks them she really does that one green one she wears a couple times yes oh my god it's amazing. I would wear that walking down the street. Hell yeah. And she looks gorgeous in it. She really and does. It, you ever notice she's like wearing heels in the house? Like she's always like so poised looking. Yeah, she is fabulous. She's absolutely fabulous. Um, she is looking gorgeous at all times, really. Um, even when she's going nuts, she still looks amazing. It's true. Uh, I just wanted to mention her nightgowns are like goals, you know. Completely stunning. Yeah. Um, but like, I also love the throwback to Poltergeist we get here where mom is helping, uh, baby Luke get through the, uh, scary lightning thunder by having him count. Yes. Such a throwback to Poltergeist and I love it. I mean, who doesn't do that? I do it all the time if there's, uh, thunder and lightning. Not that we have it here, but especially back in New York, I used to do it all the time. I used to count to, to see how far away I, it was. I think I always did that because of Poltergeist. Yes, it was because of Poltergeist. So it's fun to see it in this uh, this uh, episode as well. Um, and then Nell is missing. How is Nell missing? 
This one's really, um, I'm not sure I fully grasp it, honestly. Like, where does um, she go? I will say I honestly avoided reading articles, watching videos um, on this because I wanted our discussion to be organic. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to have other people's opinions like or thoughts on what was happening thrust on me. Um so I didn't really try and research that. Um, but my 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 main belief is that we're dealing with we're finally starting to see the time does not move linear throughout this episode. Um I think we we get a full grasp of it in episode five where Nell is hanging through multiple scenes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of what we've already seen. Um and in this one more so, where she was like, I was here the whole time. I was yelling. Like, I was screaming. Me? Yeah. yeah. It broke Why my heart. I was like, oh, yeah. little Nell. And like, then Luke, but, but, oh, I'm never going to let you go ever yeah. again. Yeah. I was like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop being it. Stop being stop doing adorable this to me. and breaking my heart. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, just really great. We, it's, I don't know. It's so great. Uh, Dad also realizes in this episode that Nell is the bent neck lady and has always been the bent neck mm-hmm. lady. Um, we also see that Luke is still very much a believer. And so it's really Luke and Dad um, who feel like they're dealing with these things alone. And knowing these things alone, Luke also knows that uh, that Nell is the bent neck lady. Um, ugh, so good. So well done. I don't know. So good. A lot of really heartbreaking moments of people saying things that they can't take back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when this is when we really see Nell taking over as um, now that she's passed, really guiding her family and helping her family uh, as much as she can from the other side. And, um, you know, when Stephen yells, my problem is the wrong parent died. Yeah. Ugh, like everyone's heart breaks. <laughs> Because he doesn't get it. And we don't get it either. No, we don't get it either. But we also know that Hugh is not a bad guy. No, he, we, I feel like you always get the sense that he is doing what he believes he is protecting his family. Yes. Um, And then Nell's casket falls and it's just, everyone just deteriorates. It's so, I don't know. It's, it's so emotional. It's so it's emotional. So, it's so, so, so emotional. Theo and this, can't handle it. She's just like, no, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and then we see Shirley catching Theo and Kevin, mm-hmm. um, in some kind of weird, uncomfortable embrace that does not look like no. they're having sex at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like that at all. It looks very awkward and weird. And then like, yeah, it. Yeah, you're Theo like what's, a lesbian. What's she's going not, on here? She's not trying to get with your husband. There's obviously going to be some kind of explanation, but Shirley is very untrusting and angry. Um, I get it. I get her anger, especially in this episode. Mm-hmm. But it really lingers in other episodes, and you start to be like, "Shut up and listen." Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're. I don't think you have the full story. Um. All right. So. This episode overall, I mean, I'm going to have to say it's a five. Oh, just 100%. Even, produ- I mean, just everyone obviously uh, really pulled together for this episode. And it's really amazing. 
Um, I'm the scarometer. I'm going to keep it a five. I don't think it's very particularly frightening. It definitely has creepy moments. It has creepy um, moments, but not like scary moments. It's not. It's not overkill. Uh, it's pretty mellow in terms of scares, comparatively speaking. Yes. Okay. Anything else? No. Moving loved on? it. Loved it. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. What do we got? next is it my turn yes it is uh the next episode episode seven is a eulogy um the, in addition to mike flanagan this was also written by Charlize castro smith um who wrote a couple episodes of the exorcist tv show as the cranes gather to say their final goodbyes a flashback reveals mr dudley's connection to the house and exposes a secret in the walls i guess that's accurate <laughs> Um, this is the one where oh, we get the, the actual funeral. thing, right? Yeah, the black mold. We get to hear about the Dudleys a little bit stronger. I really like Mr. Dudley's monologue in this. Oh my God. It's so, you know, it's funny. <laughs> okay. So what's funny? It's not this like, the show at all. No, but this is what this made me think of. And it's like, so I don't know why this like triggered this memory in my head, but, um, so we don't really see a lot of Mr. Dudley. Like this is right. pretty much like the the most that we we see him so far, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, I mean he's a little bit in Shirley's episode, but not really at all, right? Um, just dealing with the cats, he's kind of like in and yeah. out. Um, and then he gives this beautiful monologue, and he's so it's so honest and so mm-hmm. beautifully delivered, and it totally made me think of oh my gosh this is so inappropriate um <laughs> i think it's the second wayne's world movie when like <laughs> when like he's changing out at like he's like trying to get direction like wayne is trying to get directions somewhere he stops at the gas station and he's like asking people for directions and then he like changes the actors out until finally he gets one that like totally nails it <laughs> And like that's what it made me think of. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking. <laughs> oh, I'll have about. to send you like I'll have to send you a fucking YouTube been, video of it. But it's so funny. It's oh been my a while God. since I've seen Wayne's World too. But uh, uh, I usually just go back to the first one. I don't usually go to the second one. It's so I don't know. I've seen them both a million times. Yeah. But like he like he's so good. And I'm like, yeah. where did this come from? Because like yeah. he fucking knocked it out of the park. He really did. He kills it. Um, I mean, the acting in this in general is just great. Um, but yeah, he uh, and he's so graceful. Mm-hmm. He's such a graceful character. Both of, both of the Dudleys are graceful characters. Um, I didn't know how I felt about Mrs. Dudley. She at is, the beginning. Uh, I, I well, I don't think you're supposed to yeah. because you're seeing it from the eyes of the kids not from the adults. Right. And I think if once you start to see them in the eyes of the adults, they are more, you understand them better. Uh, but yeah, I think at first, especially when we see Theo dealing with Mrs. Dudley and we see mom even be dealing with Mrs. Dudley in the earlier episodes where she's basically like, don't try and teach my kids about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they already know about God. Um, and uh, Theo being like, you know, telling her n- not to be mean to Luke um, and that she's just scared. And that's the only reason she's acting the way she is. And it's true. Um, she's scared. Uh, she's scared for the kids. We find out later why. Um, and she 
really is only there to protect them. So it's why she acts the way she is. She she's a she's a thread throughout the show. Uh, she's not bless you. She's not a big uh, character, but she does help steer the story and give you hints throughout the story. So you know, anytime a kid mentions a room that they're in, that's not the room they're in. You know, mm-hmm. it was in the toy room. What what no that's not a room you know she doesn't say it's not a room but she does go you know um okay yeah (laughs) um she does help guide them a bit uh it's nice she's I, i like both those characters a lot and i like i think that um mike flanagan does a thing where he's trying to lead the viewer to believe that there may be ghosts um that's Don't kind of what I thought. I was like, yeah. are they real? Are they not real? Um, but I mean, I feel like you don't really see ghosts during the day. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense that. And they and they yeah. don't leave the house either. Right. The ghosts don't really leave the house. Um, right. Except for uh, the tall hat man that follows Luke later in life, mm-hmm. I guess. Um but yeah, I definitely had that, like, are they or aren't they? Yeah. Especially think, when the daughter came into play, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of are they, aren't they? Um, I mean, you eventually realize they're not ghosts. But I think that's kind of why it's structured the way it is. You're supposed to question it a little bit. Um, but this episode's really great, too. We got um, more character issues. We got more butting heads. Um, we got Shirley, who's completely miserable at this point and cannot even hang, um, cannot be near Theo, cannot be near Kevin, who, by the way, Kevin is the best man in the entire universe. <laughs> he is the best husband ever yes. to her. Um, he's sweet. He's caring. He doesn't push her, even though bitch needs a push um, because he knows it's not the right moment. She's got enough shit going on. Um He's just wonderful. Oh, she doesn't deserve him. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. He okay. is like, he's a good he, man. He really is a good man throughout. Um, I I just, I love him. I love their relationship. Um, I like Luke's little joke about, you know, if you have a hangover, drink beer and tomato juice. <laughs> And Theo says, is that the is that the best hangover remedy? He's like, no, the best hangover me- remedy is it's heroin. heroin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, mm, this is more of dad's episode, I think. This is when we his, he get his, gets his hand in the fan. He really starts to notice that Liv is losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where he almost dies because Liv has a screwdriver to her throat. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where he finds a body in the wall. This is where he starts to really fucking realize, all right, this house is kind of fucked. Yeah, something um, is going on. And Mr. Mister Dudley really helps him to realize these things and that maybe she needs to leave the house. Um, yeah, once he speaks to Mr. Dudley, he's like, okay. Yeah. And, and we start to really see dad using his ever popular tagline, I can fix it, mm-hmm. which... Uh, he is a string throughout the remainder of this season. Um, well, Shirley was saying that too, like the whole. 
Yeah. Yeah. But he, he really, every time, everything, everything that happens. That's true. I can fix it. I can fix it. Um, and it ends, it ends with Hugh talking to the police, uh, young Hugh talking to the police and telling them nothing, basically not Mm -hmm. giving them anything to go off of, even though, even though he could probably keep his children if he did, Mm -hmm. um, there's a reason for why he's doing it. We don't know what the reason is yet. Um, but we do get more of a sense to him um, and what what he went through um, while all this was happening. Um, so sad. There's some, there's some scary scenes. We get um, a lot of bent neck lady and mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke gets dragged into the grave a little bit, <laughs> which is kind of terrifying. Um they find, you know, the body being found is kind of creepy. Um, we find out the, the the body in the basement that we hear the scratching noise is uh, a body. A dead body is scratching. That's normal, right? Um, it's a man who was missing since 1948 who bricked himself in and then changed his mind and tried to claw himself out. Oh, my God. So terrifying. <laughs> so terrifying. Uh, but we also lose... Uh, in present day, we lose Luke. He uh, he takes, he takes Shirley's wallet yep. and he takes Theo's car and and makes a run for it because he is seeing things. Yeah, and everyone's he, immediately like drugs. He's going to do drugs. Yeah. Yep, everyone's immediate reaction is he's going to do drugs, but we don't really know what's happening. This is really a setup episode. I mm-hmm. don't think this is a, the stronger of the episodes. I gave this one three stars. Yeah. And a four on the scarometer. Not uh not particularly striking, but really helps you for the next one, which is a great episode. <laughs> I agree. Um it's very important, it's very necessary. We learn a lot this episode. Um, but I agree that it's not a, a strong standalone. No. It's not it's not one of the best ones, it's a, but it is necessary. It's you know? totally necessary. Okay. Let's move on. All right. The next episode, right? It's my turn. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very you excited it. about it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, I can't. I was like screaming, maybe's. Um Not yet. Episode nine, Screaming Mimis. No. Oh. Eight. Eight? Yep. Oh, I saw Jeff Howard. Wait. <laughs> Jeff Howard. Okay. I felt deja vu because I said Jeff Howard before for two storms yes so. yes he wrote two episodes so you don't have to go through everything again but yeah cool cool Jeff Howard again yeah all right <laughs> um okay episode eight witness marks also written by Jeff Howard who did our two storms episode um the IMDb summary is a familiar terror revisits Shirley and Theo on Halloween night as Hugh and Steve go looking for Luke who disappeared on a deadly errand this is a really good one. Again, the I knocking think, gets me. Ugh, this is the scariest one. I yeah. think it really is. It's it's tied with uh, Luke's episode. I think for scariest, I have a whole holy shit moment in this where I just can't, <laughs> I just can't deal with it. This is the car episode with the screaming in the car, and oh. I can't. Oh Can yeah. You, I think we need to just talk about that right off the bat, because even though it happens towards the end of the episode, it is such an amazing part 
<laughs> we got Theo mm-hmm. and we got Shirley arguing in the car. They're already fighting, they're having a, an issue because of the husband thing. Yes. And what happened to you when you saw Miss Nell? <laughs> I jumped. I think it was the only time in the whole thing that I actually jumped. It is. I had to pause uh, the show the first time I watched it and that happened because I was giggling, which I do when jump scares get me. <laughs> <laughs> I was giggling so hard and I was like, holy shit. I was like shaking. Um, it is such a big jump scare. And but like so it literally effective. comes out of nowhere. You f- again, you feel like you know where the episode is going. You feel like you yes. know where this conversation is going. Yes. And then out of nowhere, I definitely was like oh fuck (laughs) but here's the best part about this jump scare it's not a cheap jump scare it has a purpose Mm -hmm. um which let's be honest most of the jump scares that get us because we don't expect them we don't expect them because they don't belong there right this absolutely belongs here um it's they're fighting and nell is trying to fucking snap them out of it she's basically like the um, little sister in the back seat saying shut up yeah stop it there, there are more important things we are dealing with right now get your shit together and it really is effective they do end up being able to get their shit together mm-hmm. to to do what they got to do um but yeah that's scare oh it is good and even the second time girl i saw it coming <laughs> i w- I looked down to write a note and it happened and I still jumped and freaked out and I knew it was coming. I knew it was. I'm like, oh, they're fighting. It's going to happen in a second. But it, I think it happened a little faster than I thought it would. It, it's so, because there's it's no lead up. Me. There's no hint. No. It just happens. No, it just happens. You you know they're fighting and you know it's going to happen, but you don't know how quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a really, it's even good the second time around. <laughs> uh how often can jump scares get you twice in like three weeks or something? Um, uh, this is also the one where Stephen finds out he has seen a ghost and uh, really starts to understand his, his. well, I guess he doesn't really start to understand his father, but he starts to understand. That's something, um, there's something bigger that's happening yes, at this house. Yes. This, the whole, when dad is telling the story about the clock and the witness marks, oh, chills. I mean, this the story. This movie's this show is so great because you get chills just from monologues. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Dad explaining that the whole thing about the clock and how he had it checked out beforehand. And even if someone's going to fix this clock, they're going to take it out. They're not going to sit there and work on it. And and he's like that guy you saw with a handlebar mustache because he's he's talking about creepy time. You know, he's like, oh yeah, that's scary. And he's like, yeah. That's not the scary part. The scary part is you saw this man fixing a clock and he wasn't there. I'm obsessed um, with like that whole scene when oh, it's like so good. he's like and, you, when you see him later. I mean, you see him from now on. You're going to see that clock, that guy fixing a clock. And he, each time you see him, you're going to be like, oh, because it's so casual. And you just assume yeah. that it's just, oh, people working on the house, even though even though Hugh talks about not having money and like needing to do everything himself, you still yeah. see these people and you don't think about it. Yeah, you know, which is I yeah. think, um, like amazing. Um, and this guy looks like he's from another time. Yeah, but you don't think twice about it the first time you see him. No, but like after you're like, oh shit. Yeah, and it's just like so good. He's like, you saw ghosts and you don't even know. 
You didn't even realize it. Your brain didn't comprehend it at the time. There was no treehouse. We were only going to be there for a couple of weeks. Like, I never built a treehouse. Yeah. And yeah, I love we I mean, we didn't talk about it in the earlier episodes, but the whole time they're talking about, you know, uh, Luke, Luke's like, oh, yeah, he's in the treehouse or Steven's like, yeah, Luke's in the treehouse. And the mom's like, oh, you silly boys. Yeah. And uh, but just doesn't really push it. And, you know, anytime you mentioned a treehouse, they're like, what are you talking about? There's no treehouse. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this, this, this is the episode with the, where, uh, Stephen finds the vanity in the game room. And when he tells Mrs. Dudley where he found it, she's like, you found it where? In the game room? What is that? Um, oh, it's just so good. And then we have the trick-or-treaters. Again, we have Shirley and, uh, Theo dealing with these knocks on the door and it's Halloween and who doesn't have this anger or fear when the door is knocking a little too late at night and you're not quite interested in answering it um really pushes on that and uh lots of knocking coming from all over and for really loud and extended periods of time um and i mean this episode is just so great yeah that all of it um we also find out uh steven had a vasectomy (laughs) And didn't mm-hmm. tell his wife, and that's why they are separated. Um, that's pretty fucked up. You're trying to have kid for almost two and a half years, and you didn't tell your wife that you had a vasectomy. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's infuriating. That is, I no wonder why she kicked him out. Like, who wouldn't do that? Yeah, that's horrible. That's a horrible thing to do to somebody. Um, we also get. I think maybe the only time I laughed. In this entire series is in this episode where right before the knocking goes crazy, Shirley and Theo are having this insane argument in the mortuary and uh, Shirley punches Theo in the boob. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> did you just punch me? Like, in did the you just boob? punch me at the boob? And she's like, she looks like she right wants to laugh. You know, the acting yeah. on Shirley's point is so great. Because she looks like she wants to laugh and be like, I didn't mean to. But she instead sticks to her guns. And, yeah. Yeah. That's what you get. Yeah. You get punched in the yeah. boob. <laughs> it's so funny. And it feels like such an honest moment between the two. Where they, she refuses to allow them to giggle in how ridiculous that moment is. And she has to yeah. stay angry, even though she doesn't even want to. She doesn't even look like she wants to. Um, so great good. acting on that. Um, so then this is, this is also the episode where we find out that, that the red room is basically the room of requirement from Harry Potter. (laughs) See, it comes back. (laughs) It's always Harry Potter. It is what you need it to be. It's it's what you want it to be, right? It's like, it's it's a, a, it's a toy room. It's a treehouse. It's a reading nook. It's a dance studio. Yeah. It's it's all these different things. And, uh, you know, (laughs) And it's so it makes so much sense when he was saying it, but you don't ever mm-hmm. question that the treehouse is a treehouse, right? It doesn't no. happen until this moment where he's like, "We're rebuilding a mansion. When was I going to build you a treehouse?" Yeah, when did I have the time to there, do this? You check it when we get there. There's no fucking treehouse, dude. <laughs> um, so good, and that's the point where we, you know, you kind of get chills. You're like. Oh my god, they're in this fucking red room that they could never open, but somehow they've all been in there. 
they've all been in it. They just haven't. Another thing with like the linear time, like you don't, there's so many illusions that are happening. And then Luke makes his way back to this house and uh, adult Luke is going to burn this bitch to the ground. He's got five Mm -hmm. cans of gasoline and he wants to burn it down. Um, I love how it just went out. It just went blue and then it went out. Mm-hmm. And uh, very cool. And then he sees his mommy in another beautiful red robe. <laughs> Looking, Looking fierce. Looking fierce as always. Uh, this is a good one. This is a really good one. I think because it it covers so many things, we get some really good scare moments. But also it becomes extensively creepier because we understand a lot more um, mm-hmm. these things we thought we saw this whole show that were normal were super fucking creepy yeah we're super not normal yes this clock guy these this everything in that fucking room of requirement <laughs> so again terrifying yeah. all these these moments that we thought weren't scary were actually very scary. And it's very smart writing. Very well done on Mike Flanagan's part. Okay. Ready to, Oh, I guess, I guess I'll give it a rating. I gave it a rating of five stars. This is one of my faves. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like from here on out, everything is for that. Like I love for that. Nell scare alone. I'm giving it a nine because maybe a 10. Terrifying. That moment is so fucking scary. (laughs) I agree. It's so fucking. I mean, in terms of the show, that's the scariest fucking thing ever. You know what? We also forgot to mention, so I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. In episode seven, I believe that's when we see uh, the crawling on the floor and the the Forever House model got broken in Shirley's office. Oh, yeah. uh, Which is also. Was that this episode? No, that was in episode seven. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to mention because I forgot to. I don't think I wrote that down for some reason. Oh, yeah. Theo and Dad are, f- are uh, in Shirley's office. The Forever Home was smashed, and it's a mommy ghost <laughs> crawling crawling towards them. And Hugh says, I can fix it. I forgot to mention that. That's a really good moment also. Okay. Fly Away, episode eight. And let's move on to episode nine. Oh, Okay. Uh, episode nine is the screaming memes also written by meredith averill who did one of the earlier episodes i don't remember which one uh let me scroll up she also did the bet neck lady episode um the imdb summary is while struggling to discern dreams from reality olivia fears for her children's safety a motherly instinct mrs dudley urges her to embrace so this is mom's episode. This is Olivia's episode. So we don't have a lot of present day, if any. I don't think we have any present day, do we? Uh, no, because no, it's, it's her. All, it's all Olivia. So this, is, this yeah. is mostly in the past. This is when we really start to understand everything weird. And there's a couple moments in earlier episodes where mom's acting a little funny or mom's not feeling well, so leave her alone. Um this is the episode where we start to understand what Olivia is actually going through, um, the method to her madness. And uh, we also meet Poppy, the ghost that really is fucking up everything. <laughs> she is like 
kind of a malevolent spirit. She is. Like, well, she was a malevolent human. Um, she yeah. was a little nutso. Um, and so, as a ghost, she's still a little nutso. Um, I don't think she's necessarily a evil person, but I think she is a little crazy. And that she's definitely crazy. Yeah, I think her heart's and she's also like. She enjoys messing with people. Does she? I mean, that's really the question is, does she enjoy messing with people or does she really think she's helping? I feel like messing with people because at the end, the last episode, especially when she's talking to the father. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that is like, she's messing with him. You might be right. You know, be right. Now, did you recognize who Poppy was? She looked familiar, but no. And I didn't look it up either. So Poppy is from Absentia. Mike Flanagan's movie Absentia. She plays the sister, that drug addict sister. Yes. I don't think I would have noticed that. No problem. I didn't either because she looks so different. Yeah. Um, But I love that he brought her into this because she doesn't really do too much acting. Um, And... uh, she does fantastic as Poppy. Uh, Catherine Parker is her name. Um, she does fantastic, and it's really nice to see her again. But yeah, like I do remember thinking, oh, she looks kind of familiar. But I mean, her hair and her dress and her makeup is so so different. Um, but yeah, he likes using the same people because well, he he is Elliot are. too. Everyone is the same. Let's see. Um, just to go through it. Okay. Olivia, the mom, was in Gerald's game. Mm-hmm. Hugh, uh, the dad, was also in Jared's, Gerald's game. We got. <laughs> I, called uh, him, <laughs> I called him Elliot because he's from E.T. <laughs> uh, Shirley is from Ouija Origin of Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, young Shirley, also from mm-hmm. Ouija Origin of Evil. Uh, Theo um, is his wife, obviously. She was in Hush, Hush. and she was in Gerald's game. Um, we got. Oh, I think there's a couple wasn't others. She in Ger- wasn't she in Ouija Origin of Evil too? I feel like she's in everything so. that he does a little no, bit. No, she's just in Hush and Gerald's Game. No, she was. She who, was who Jenny she? Browning in Origin oh, of like Evil. like a small, small character or something? No idea. Did you notice also that Steven is... She's also in an Oculus. Oh, okay. I missed that somehow. Um, did you also notice that uh, Steven is from The Invitation? Because I didn't. Yeah. He looks so different without his beard. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. He's uh, he's Game of Thrones guy. He was on Nashville. He was an invitation. I never saw those other things. I mean. You've seen Game of Thrones. Well, I don't recognize him from that. I don't know. I didn't recognize him at all, really. He's, I guess, apparently a forgettable face. Maybe what? not now. I'm, he's I, like, I, I mean, I, before Jon Snow, he does was he have a Daenerys' beard is, like, love man. I know, but does he have a, does he have a beard? He looks so different without a beard. I can't. It can't be expected to to see men with and without a beard and know they're the same person. <laughs> what? Okay. They look so different. They're hiding half their face. How I the don't. fuck am I supposed to recognize you? You're basically wearing a mask. I don't a know. A mask of fur. A fur mask. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. Um, but no, I think when we did the invitation, I was like, "He's Dario from Game of Thrones." Oh, and I was also surprised then, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but he's done a ton of stuff. He was also on Orphan Black, I think. Never um, saw it. Such a good show. Uh, yeah, he's great. I love him. So uh, I like I like the mommy episode. I like her dealing with Poppy and, and starting to really take on Poppy's point of view where 
in order to protect my children, I have to kill them, which let's be honest, we've we've heard about this in real life before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Parents, parents going a little nuts and killing their children because they think that's what's best for them. Um, and she calls it waking up. Yes. You are you are dreaming. It's time to wake up. Um, and we see Liv have moments of clarity. Um, but for the most part, towards the end, she's just sunken into this belief. She can't even bring herself to leave when she's supposed to. Yeah. Um, we, we finally see at this point um, in this episode why she does the things she does everything comes back to fruition um yeah um let's see what else do we i'm trying not to confuse this episode with number 10 so let me read my notes a little bit um oh i also write about our nightgowns are amazing in this Because they are. Lots of so that. this is basically this is all of Liv's stuff, basically. It's so all this of is Liv's she kills stuff. she tries to kill her kids. Um But as the summary also represents, Mrs. Dudley kind of supports her beliefs. Um which is a little bit terrifying because Mrs. Mrs. Dudley is trying to protect everyone from these spirits. But she also says, you do what you have to do to protect your kids and don't let anyone tell you any different. Um, If you're worried about them, you're worried about them for a reason. And I mean, we also see there's a point because she's in like the statue, creepy statue room when they have this conversation. And when we first see Mrs. Dudley, she has these wings because she's standing right in front of an angel. Mm -hmm. And she's our religious character right she's always bringing religion into things and so it's it's almost like her advice is coming from above but also it's not necessarily the advice that Liv needed right at that point because she thinks she's saying the right things but really what she's telling her is like yeah you should go kill your children right I mean but Mrs. Dudley's also a little crazy too because we learned that she doesn't let her daughter out of the house yeah pretty much nobody even knows that her daughter really exists Mm -hmm. and so i think that's kind of one of those things that lends you to thinking that maybe um maybe the dudleys are ghosts because Mm -hmm. like the daughter sneaks in and is sleeping in uh luke's bed Mm -hmm. and he's like and when Carla walks in, she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And Luke says to Nell, see, I told you she was real. <laughs> and so like you, I mean. Yeah, and no then, one believes Abigail's real, even when it's pretty obvious she's real. I mean, yeah. we don't really see that she's real until episode 10, honestly. I exactly. Mean, th- th- we have a moment in nine where we suspect and then in 10 it is confirmed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. So we do see the tea party here. I just wasn't sure if we saw the tea party here. But yes. we do. This is this is the tea party episode um, where mom says she's going to her sister's, goes to a hotel, comes back at night and. Uh, has her tea party with Nell and Luke and invites Abigail to come along since she slept over. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, heartbreaking, really, to see. And really great acting by Carla, Carla Gugino here. Mm-hmm. Um, when she notices what she did. Yeah. When she notices that Abigail's dead, she has like this quick realization where she's like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. 
and then the dad comes in. You see the moment, and then the yeah. dad comes in and hits everything off of the thing and grabs the kids and just books it. Which is a little bit of an invitation type uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dad and Steven have that in common. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, yeah, I mean, the tea party scene is so chilling and wonderfully mm-hmm. done and poor Abigail. I mean, that's when you realize she's real. It's when she dies. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, if you were dead, you wouldn't be dying again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he sees the rat poison and he just knows and it's, oh, it's all sorts of bad. Um, I also like how when we see Poppy and we sometimes get glimpses of old, old Poppy, Poppy as an old woman mm-hmm. um, in the background, like she'll be her and then you'll glance at her and she'll be old and then you'll glance at her and she's young again. Uh, just kind of cool head trippy kind of stuffs. Um I don't know. That hotel is is a fucking shitty place. I wonder if this movie would be different without a without that hotel. Like, <laughs> what if there wasn't a hotel so close to the house? Yeah. What if she actually had to leave? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. This is, and we finally see uh, them leaving the house, and we understand everything happening for them leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. Um, because I think even in, in Steven's episode, when dad is carrying him out of the house and, uh, he, he tells him not to look, but he does look and he, you just see something crawling and it's creepy and you don't know what it is. It's really his mom the whole time. And mm-hmm. it's oh, heartbreaking, really well done episode. Again, a lot of things are, you're understanding a lot of what happened, um, a lot of creepiness. I wouldn't say it's a scary episode, but there is some super creepy moments. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was super scary. No, but there it's is scary some, in the way that like you can really see her going batshit. Yeah. There crazy. is some cool like uh, time traveling stuff too, where Liv is seeing her kids old and dead. She's mm-hmm. seeing Luke dead and she's seeing Nell dead. Um, really, really not great things to be seeing. Um, no. And knowing that they're your kids, even though they're, you know, it's like 20 years later or whatever. Um, yeah. Good one. A really, really good one. So I rated good. it uh, four stars and gave it a four on the scare-o-meter. Nice. I did four stars. Yeah. Good one. A very good one. Okay. All right. Rounding it out with episode <sighs> 10. <sighs> Silence lay steadily. The Red Room's contents are finally revealed as the cranes return to the house to confront old ghosts, unspeakable secrets, and an insatiable evil. This is when everyone's in the house again. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone's there. Everyone that matters. Every Everyone. Except for Kevin. I love Kevin, but he did, has nothing to do with this. No. <laughs> but he's, he's not in the house. He's in the episode. Yeah. Um, is this the longest episode? It is. It's an hour and 10 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost movie length. <laughs> it is so, movie length, I guess, but a short is. movie. Um, this one is... I I am obsessed with this episode. Yeah. Because it made really me cry. Mm-hmm. It scared me. All the feels. I like... I was... Yeah. And this is the one where we... Is this the one where we really learn about... Oh, yeah, it is the one where we really learn about Shirley's ghost, which we we see him a couple times and you're like, ooh, scary, a guy with a drink. Yeah, you kind of like have an idea, but yeah. this is when we really see it. 
Yeah, um, because this is, I mean, they all have their own fever dreams when they're locked mm-hmm. in this red room. It starts off, I mean, the whole episode starts off with Stephen. And you think, oh, they made it out. And now we're going to find out when Stephen has a flashback. Um, but really, as it goes on, I was like, oh, he reconciled with his wife. Oh, he's writing down, but he's not going to sell it. And he just wants to write it out. And he's going to write out what happened. And she's pregnant and everything's wonderful. I was and then thinking it, the entire time, how is Penny pregnant? She's on Grey's Anatomy. So I called her Penny the entire time. Um, but I was like, how is she pregnant? Well, I don't believe this. What's happening? I was very skeptical of the well, opening I mean, of this movie. The septomies are reversible. <laughs> I know, but still, it felt weird for her to be that far along. And then when it she did. started getting sassy, I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it did. It did. But it it still is like, OK, well, maybe this is real. Maybe we're going to have a flashback or, or, or something because mm-hmm. um, it, it starts off in a very bright and sunny manner, which yeah. we haven't really gotten much of. Yeah. Uh, and it is the last episode, so who knows what the fuck's going on. True. Um, but it's yeah, it slowly gets darker and darker and darker. Um and and Lee really gets uh creepier and creepier and her belly gets all weird and large and veiny and ugh, Yeah. Rotted. This yeah. first scene is so good. It's really good. And and we see uh and, and all of the characters in the red room, which we have Currently, it's just Stephen and Luke, mm-hmm. and Luke has injected himself with rat poison. With rat poison, which how I don't know how he lives as long as he does. <laughs> Seriously, um, and Nell, I believe it. It's Nell. Yeah, it is. I mean, she saves them one by one. So mm-hmm. we start off with Steve. Steve is having a dream that is everyone's dream starts off relatively okay, and then gets dark and relatively um, realistic. Yes. And he, I mean, she knocks him out of it um, by what, like touching their temple or the the forehead. It looks like she's touching the third eye. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That is what she's doing. Yeah. Um, And uh, then we get Luke's after Steve's is over. Luke protects him, uh, or Nell protects him. Then Mm -hmm. we get to Luke's, and Luke sees Joey. And they have a hotel room and they're going to get clean. And then, mm, no, Joey, Joey brought a balloon of heroin because mm-hmm. they need to get well one last time. And um, and you're so pr- I'm so I was so proud of Luke in this moment. Yeah, he was so strong. And, yeah. then, you know, she tells him he already did it. You know, he already had this needle in his arm, even though he said no. And. Um, and it's heartbreaking. He doesn't get. He doesn't get saved right away. No. Because then Theo and Shirley arrive in the red room. And and again, Shirley- we get that like time is not linear. We, right. Again. At all. Who knows uh, who came at what point. Right. Um, we find out how she cheated on her husband. Mm-hmm. And um, she, her ghost isn't even really a ghost. Her ghost is her own. Demons. Her own demons. And um then she's at a funeral, which again is is brings us back to her original story where she has trouble dealing with death and has issues with her own death. And she's at her own funeral and Nell saves her there. And then I, I really love that scene where she is sitting in the hotel with the gentleman and it's almost like breaking the fourth wall where he's like, but you didn't say that, did you? Yeah, and then they yeah. have this like really crazy, like sad conversation Mm -hmm. and then we go to the funeral and he's like yeah like she wants to die first because 
if I die first, I'll see everything mm. that happened and I'll yeah. know. Yes. And it's just like, that's, it's so scary. And it so is. like, just chilling and like you see the reaction and it's, oh, that scene's great. It is. I agree. Yeah. And then we have Theo and Theo, and we didn't really talk about Trish's character. Mm-hmm. Theo, Theo's lover, Trish, who mm-hmm. becomes her girlfriend. Um, who is so sweet. She is so sweet. And, and so shows up understanding. Very understanding and patient. Yeah. Um, but Trish is being supportive and wonderful as usual. And then it turns really dark. And um, she tells when she's telling she tells the story of people who build walls. And that's a lot of things that we see with Theo's character in general. She likes to build these walls. Um, but it also seems like she's talking about the man in the basement that they find. Mm-hmm. You know, a man who built walls, built himself into a wall to protect himself and found out that it was in there with him and he couldn't get out. Um, I feel like we have that. Um, that's a recurring theme of this episode. We yeah. have a lot of people talking about how they build walls to protect themselves or protect other people, but that's really not what they're doing. Right. And then we see, um, you know, Theo's worst nightmare with a bunch of hands touching her and holding mm-hmm. her down and, and having to feel everybody else's pain and, and being tortured by that. And then Nell appears. And, I love and the way saves she her. saves her. She grabs yeah. her hand. Yeah. Because that's so symbolic. Yeah. Everybody really else is. she touches, mm-hmm. but she asked, has to actually take, take Nell's hand in yeah. order to be saved. Yeah. Really beautiful. Um, uh, I don't, I, the one thing I didn't like about Luke's fever dream, I'm just calling them fever dreams because I don't know what else to call them, Mm -hmm. um, is he, when he's talking to Joey and she's talking about the runny egg eyes, which we didn't even get into that. And it's when that man is telling that story about the runny egg eyes is really, really, really moving. Uh, some of the most some of the strongest monologues in this show, I swear. Um, just so vivid. Um, but when Joey's talking about the runny egg eyes and then her eyes turn into runny eggs, I was not a fan of how that looked. That was really my only complaint of like the whole show. <laughs> um, I, sometimes Mike Flanagan's um, effects, because he relies, uh, he, d- he doesn't really use a lot of practical effects. Uh, he uses a lot of CGI, and, and usually it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one did not do it for me. I didn't, I did not like the way it looked. I don't think it was necessary, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I would have ra- rather it didn't happen. I agree. Yeah. It didn't uh, make the scene more effective. No. What was effective was like him saying no and it happening anyway. Yes. I agree. That's the terrifying thing. I agree with that. Uh, I think if the effects were a little better, it probably would have been fine. It just, it looked too cartoony to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And then Luke makes it, Luke's dead. I mean, they're trying to resuscitate him and it's not working. Everyone Mm -hmm. else has been saved by now, but Luke. And he is now in the red room back at his childhood, ready to go and, and sit at the tea tea party with his mother i love this and nell is just like no go away don't sit here go far away she literally Um, says two words i think they're don't and go yeah thank you and it's like over and over don't yeah 
go. Yeah. And it can, like, you hear that. I feel like he hears that kind of throughout. Mm-hmm. But you're not sure if it's, like, don't go. Yes. Or, like, don't go. Like, don't go to wherever you're going. But right. it's not. It's, like, don't sit down. Go, go back. Away. Like, yeah. you need to leave. Yeah. And I, f- I, like, that is just, fuck, so yeah. good. Yeah. And then we see, and then now that everyone's back, she saves Luke. He's back. Now that everyone's back, she's, Nell has this really beautiful dialogue where she talks about how she thought moments were like dominoes and then, but they're not. They're like confetti falling around you. And I really love that. Um, I was crying through her whole whole monologue. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when everyone's apologizing to her, like, I'm sorry, I didn't answer the phone. She's like, but you did so many times. I'm just like, (laughs) she's like, I would not have done it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Like tearing up just thinking about it. I know I am too. I'm crying a little bit. (laughs) Damn you, Hill House. It's so beautiful. It really is. And it's like so, it's a ghost story, but it's a human story. Yeah. Because like how many people like have regrets of people that passed away? You know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I didn't answer that phone call. I'm sorry I didn't answer that text message. But you did Mm -hmm. so many other times. And it's just like, it's, uh, it's just so beautiful. And she talks about how the Red Room was what it needed to be for everybody to keep them still and quiet while it digested. I mean, oh, oh, chills. chills. So good. To, yeah, I mean, it's a distraction, right? I mean, and it's symbolic of all of our lives. I mean, we build up walls and we 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 distract ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. to be quiet while we're digested. Mm-hmm. So dark and depressing, really, but true. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. Uh, just really, really good. Um, I don't know. I, I wrote, oh... <laughs> All the sorries in the red room. I have all the tears. I'm a big blubbering baby. Same. Yes. <laughs> okay, and that then we get Poppy. Now he was passed out in the in the hall mm-hmm. outside the red room. He was locked out of the red room. Liv did not want him in there for no. whatever reason. Um, and they have. I mean, she saves him from Poppy. She saves Liv. Saves him from Poppy. Mm-hmm. We see him take some pills. Not really sure about what those pills are. Um, for his heart. For sure. Um, a lot of help those did. We're led to believe he purposefully took more of those pills, right? When he, That's how he died. I, I, I wasn't she, sure if he like straight up committed suicide or if he was like, you can take me. Yeah. Like she, he allowed her to take him. Yeah. Like I'm going to give you my life, but let our kids go. Like I will make you a promise to stay here with you forever, but you have to let them go. And he basically says, I would have done that sooner. Yeah. Like he had an understanding of what was happening sooner. And he said, I would have done this sooner, but I had to help the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, His, I mean, his monologue too, to her was amazing. Like really good. And I mean, even to Steve towards the like at oh the end, end. The Steve, yeah, the whole thing was Steve finally getting the closure and understanding he needed and mm-hmm. seeing what happened with his dad and that his dad wasn't awful, but his dad's already dead when that happens. Mm-hmm. See, this is why ghosts can leave the house because he's already dead when he's outside saying goodbye to the kids. Right. Letting them take Luke to the hospital. Right. Um, he's dead then. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, and yeah. I love that you don't like, cause I was thinking it when he was having this conversation with her and he was saying like, I will make you a promise if you open the door. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of thinking, okay, like he's going to all like kill her- himself to be with her. Yeah. And that's the trade. And then like when he opens the door, you're like, not sure. Like, mm-hmm. okay, is he still alive? He's obviously carrying Luke mm-hmm. uh, with Steve. And then they have a pause, but you don't actually see his body at that yeah. moment. Yeah. There's a pause. And I kind of thought it was like Luke was kind of seizing at that moment. Like he was having a hard time breathing. And I thought yeah. that's like what the pause was for. Um, and then it isn't till after everybody leaves and it's just Stephen Hugh that he's like, you didn't tell them what you saw. Yeah. Where he just, he knew. Yeah. Stephen finally knew. Yeah. Yeah. And there was this whole, I love the the element where we get to see what happened. It really brings everything to a close and mm-hmm. we really finally understand everything that happened. Um, the, how the Dudleys were involved and how he made Hugh made a pact with the Dudleys so that they could still see their baby who's dead because of Liv and because mm-hmm. of the house. Um, and how they don't blame Liv, you know, because they understand. They're like, we know. Like, don't know tell your kids. Her. Yeah. Let them remember your wife as she, is, as she truly mm-hmm. was, is I mm-hmm. think what he says. Like, Yeah. I wonder... If Stephen understood that, he must have. He must have understood that Liv killed her. I just don't think he knew how Liv killed Abigail. Um, And how, I don't know. I mean, and how they played it was wonderful. You know, like they they hid their baby from the world. So no one's going to know she's gone except them. And they're like, we'll bury her. Like, we won't say anything. Just please leave the house. I love when he says, like not everything here belongs to you. Yes. There it's house is filled with precious things and not everything in the house belongs to you. Yeah, it's just so powerful cuz yeah. you understand cuz there's yeah. so many times where you're just like why? Like just get rid of it. Burn the house yeah. down, whatever. But like when he says that, it really connects and you're like you understand why he gave up all of the things that he did. Right for the safety of his children for like his for the Dudleys there's just it's such a a huge heavy thing a way to keep the house without subjecting anyone else to it Mm -hmm. um to protect memories and yeah it's really beautiful and I some people are disappointed by this ending oh Um, hell no I thought it was perfect uh the happy I mean, is it happy? I mean, <laughs> it depends on how you look at it, I guess. Um, it reminded Mrs. me a lot of um, the end in particular where Mr. Dudley is bringing Mrs. Dudley to die at the house mm-hmm. reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of the first season of American Horror Story. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, because the house is very similar. Mm-hmm. It's a little. Yeah, they're they're very similar houses. Let's be honest. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but it is also like when that moment when he sees like what is the other uh I'm thinking of another movie. Oh, I think it's I don't mean I don't want to spoiler alert though. A movie? Yeah. Um okay. 
I'll tell you about it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but there's like another movie that I'm thinking of. Um, but it's just like, I I feel like there's a very, I mean, yes, I guess it can be considered a happy ending, but I, I think it's like sadly beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's not happy in the sense that this family is still very broken, but they're healing. Yeah. So that aspect of it is beautiful. They're also like really confronted with their own personal demons and working through that Mm -hmm. so that the rest of their life can hopefully be better. Yeah. I mean, we see Steve reconciling with Lee. Now Mm -hmm. we see Shirley telling Kevin about Mm -hmm. how she cheated on him. We see Theo throwing out her gloves and moving in uh, with Trish. Mm -hmm. Um, we see Mr. Dudley carrying Mrs. Dudley. I mean, and Mrs. Dudley's with her babies. And we see Luke. Luke uh, clean for two years. Two years clean. Yeah, two years sober. Um, and, and they're all together. They're a family again. Yeah. Like, before you get the other. idea where they haven't been in the same room for years. And and, and Steve has a nice um, dialogue at the end over all of these things happening where... Um, Instead of saying, and those who walked there walked alone, he says the last words are, and those who walk there walk together. Because his understanding of the house is changed. Mm-hmm. He now knows that the house exists for a reason. Now, is it, there's still something ma- malevolent about the house. Mm-hmm. It still digests and takes people. Um, but it's, also it's a, a way comfort for to some people to be together yeah it's yeah. a bad and a good thing and i mean if you think about it the first story the first episode of american horror story is kind of the same i mean it's a little darker mm-hmm. in, in the end but really it's similar in that there's you see the good in it and you see the bad in it um and so i don't think this is necessarily a happy ending no um but it is these people are still tortured sure and they still lost their father, their mother, their mm-hmm. sister. Um, they still have all these memories um, that they have to live with. Um, but they are able to be together in it. They're not in denial and they're not suffering as much. And they're able to lean on each other. They're not, you know, blaming or pushing each other. Um, right. It's, it's nice in that way. I, I don't know that I necessarily see it as a as a happy ending but it is i guess a more pleasant ending for the characters that remain i feel like to me personally i enjoy i would prefer this ending as opposed to like everyone dying yeah because i feel like that it would be like too like almost too depressing like i just spent 10 plus hours with all of these people and like i don't feel like that would have been as satisfying Yeah, I mean, I I heard rumblings and seen articles about maybe it wasn't as dark as you thought or it wasn't as light as you thought. And they all died in the red room. And I'm like, that's not possible, though, because what was all that stuff with Hugh? Like, that doesn't make any sense. No. Um, And I've also seen, you know, people complaining that it had a happy ending. And Mike Flanagan basically said, like, I had a darker ending in mind. And when it came to it, it just seemed too mean. It didn't seem... It seemed too mean to be this invested in characters and have it end so terribly. Um, or Which as uh, I Jacob would say, agree. he was hoping for more of a Krampus ending. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I mean, I I see where he's coming from. I I could have done with a little bit darker of an ending, but sure. I think it it it's so it's such a beautiful story, and the ending really pays pays credit to that storytelling you know what i mean like it's it feels how it's supposed to end that's it i feel feels that's resolved. how i feel yeah that's it, exactly it, how otherwise I feel. it would be i feel like although it you might enjoy some of the some of the uh, the the depressingness of the end i think there's still plenty of depressingness to go around here this isn't like I everyone's mean, happy um that's what I, i'm saying is that like i feel like everybody's tortured for for nine and a half episodes everybody's completely tortured nine and a half episodes yeah. i think that like the half episode not even like the very last portion of it where like they're able to break free and also really like learning these lessons and taking mm-hmm. taking this with them um i think it's super effective and i i okay. would not have wanted it to end any other way no i'm happy i was always happy with the ending um I don't think I think if you're expecting that it's it's not it's not the way that this story should end. Mm-hmm. Um not with the amount of character building and relation in the way that there's progression here. Mm-hmm. There's a progression of how our characters act and react and change um and interact with each other um and I feel like if you get rid of that at the end it cheapens all of the amazing storytelling we get throughout the whole show it's cheapening everything it's it's a it would be a hack job i think it works better in krampus because all the characters fucking suck all right they all suck they're all shitty people and who gives a shit Mm -hmm. um (laughs) honestly yeah and it's a, we don't get the same character building we in that sh- movie that we do here. And, and Mike Flanagan writes about people and writes about real people that are complicated and complex. And I think, honestly, if he did some kind of ending like that, it would have cheapened everything as a whole. And really, I think although people think they want that, they didn't actually want it i think if we actually saw that ending we would feel we would feel like we were not respected does that make sense yes no i do it does so that's how i feel about it i i i I mean i get it we're we're horror fans we like bleak things but i think enough of this movie is bleak enough for yeah (laughs) and i understand that too i mean there's definitely a lot of movies where i wish that it ended on a much like more negative note so i'm not even like a happy like everything needs to be a happy ending but like in this particular story i think that it made everything else make sense. It did. And honestly, especially with Steven's character, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine going my entire life hating my father and not being able to not hate him until after he was dead. Yeah. Like, that boy is tortured forever. Yeah. Like, that's not a happy ending for him. No. <laughs> He, he what because now he understands he's been an asshole his whole life um 
Yeah, that's not a happy ending. No. I mean, it really just depends on how you're looking at it. Um, he has a support system now, sure, but he's fucked up a lot of shit. He's fucked up a lot of people. He's messed with a lot of people's lives. And um, I mean, not to say that his dad doesn't seem to forgive him for that. It's still, you still have to go your whole life feeling like, what was I doing? I wasted so much time and energy thinking I was right Mm -hmm. and not being open to believing other people and giving other people the benefit of the doubt and people that loved him the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heartbreaking. It really is. It's a heartbreaking ending. I I think so too. It's not like a super happy. I mean, no, like it's resolved. It's a resolved ending and let's not confuse resolved ending for happy ending. Right. They're making up for so much time that they've lost. Exactly. Exactly. I love that because everyone's like, oh, my God, like there should be a second season. And I like that Mike Flanagan's like the crane story is over. Yeah. Like we're done here. Sure. Maybe, you know, like if there was a second season, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the cranes. I don't know that I would be so against going back and seeing some of the other ghost stories. I would be into it. Yeah. I I want to know know more. Yeah. I mean, we'll know how some of it ends up sure but i don't know i'll see that that walking guy with the that floating guy with the cane i'll see poppy's story uh i'll see the guy who who walled himself in the basement story fuck mm-hmm. yeah i'm into it Yeah, because we Let's don't do know it. much about him yeah or hat guy true. yeah exactly well that's floating guy but yeah oh yeah 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 i think the guy in the basement is floating guy i think so too i want to know yeah. his story i want to know about him I want to know all about them. Tell There's me all more. sorts of ghosts in there. There's fucking Where you shit been? ton of ghosts in there. So, <laughs> I mean, if we if we do get a story, I hope it's not future. I hope it's only past. So they would be more of a period piece, I think. Um, but I'd prefer that, I think. I would Just, too. Because if it's the future, it kind of messes with everything. It messes with the timeline and you have to yeah. bring people back. I feel like... Well, and you know, the cranes would not be okay. The crane kids would not be okay with someone buying that house. No, so they, it's not like they would ever sell it, you know? I think that's so. the thing is when when Hugh says, like, this is your this is your job now. Yeah. Is to keep this house off, like, away from yeah. everyone. So I, I think I'm, o- I'm okay with more, epi- more seasons. I just hope that they take place before the cranes happened. I agree. Yeah. All right. Wow, we did a lot. That's crazy. We did a lot of talk. It's like two episodes over an hour long. So hooray for us, I guess. Um, so again, we'll be off for a week. I think I might just upload these both at the same time, honestly. So I have to deal when I'm on vacation. That's good. Just, you um, know, yes. I mean, I there's probably a way I could put it on a timer, but Merry nah. Christmas. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy you get Thanksgiving, two episodes. episodes. <laughs> they hold you over while we're away. Um, so, yeah, in December, we do have a December series planned for you. Our December series plan is to uh, cover what I like to call family horror. Because <laughs> during the month of December, what do we deal with the most is our family. We get to see our families. We get to be reunited with family members which is usually a wonderful thing um but not all families have happy endings 
and have some dysfunction in them. So let's cover some films that deal with those dysfunctional families. Amazing. So um, we have a whole series planned out. Uh, we will also do an actual Christmas episode, I believe. We are working on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, leading up to that, our first episode of December will be uh, Pie Wacket, which is now streaming on Hulu. Uh, it's a new film. And we are also going to do the original OG, Carrie, which is now streaming on Prime Video. Some mother-daughter issues ensue. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. A fun It'll way to fun kick fun. off December. Yes. So uh, feel free to check those out ahead of time. Again, we won't be back until the first week of December. Uh, so you have some time to check those out if you haven't already. Uh, and I guess that's it. Did you have anything you wanted to add before we close out? I got no things. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us and, and marathoning through all of this with us. And I'm really excited. I mean, we've never done a TV show before, but maybe we'll do some. Yeah, this was fun. Once in a while. It was fun. It was a lot of work, though. It was a lot of work, but it, a lot of fun. <laughs> I think for this, it was worth it. There's oh, a lot yeah. to, to talk about here. And I'm, honestly, there's other things that we didn't even touch on that I had things to say about. But, you know, what are you going to do? Have 10 hours of hill house <laughs> again <laughs> yeah no thanks all right well until december i'm amy and i'm carly bye, bye.